Well, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you for another weekly Kingdom Outlook, and I am so excited. We're going to talk about faith again, so hang on there. We want to make sure that we cover that. Before we go, hey, also, would you do me a favor, uh, before we go on, that you would like, subscribe to all of our channels. we got one on Rumble for the Gate Lewis DeSiena. We've got one on Facebook, Gate Lewis DeSiena Ministries. We've got one on YouTube, Gate Lewis DeSiena. And you could also download the Gate of Jacksonville Church app on your uh, device, which is a great way of getting content right to your phone. Um, and it's a great way of doing that. Go also check out lewisdcn.com and check out the new materials I have. I'll be posting a, uh, a free, uh, what I call confession card, uh, things that you could speak over yourself on a daily basis that would help you to walk out your faith because we have to speak things uh, into our atmosphere and our world because our words create our world. Now, let's talk about something in, in aspects that, you know, in, in relation to that, I do want to talk about something very powerful in the word. And I want to read it. I've mentioned this in the last couple of weeks of sermons, but I want to mention this again with you today. And that is this first uh, Timothy chapter one, verses 18 and 19. And I want you to hear what Paul is saying here. He says this, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare, having faith. In other words, we're going to wage a good warfare. What's going to be one of our, what's going to be our tools? It's going to be faith. What are we going to put our faith in? The prophecies made concerning us. In other words, uh, when Timothy was being commissioned or ordained by the presbytery, they prophesied over him. Why people don't think there's personal prophecy, I don't know, because this shows there are personal prophecies. And so... Um, this is something that's valid in Scripture, and you got to wage war. Why you got to wage war? Well, it's not just you that doubts them. Some of the church doesn't believe in personal prophecy. Some of your friends don't believe in personal prophecy, and you might have doubts uh, about yourself. When when I was starting to pursue my calling as a prophet, I didn't tell anybody, and I started getting words that confirmed it and spoke so highly of me, it was almost like, who are you talking about? You know, you're talking about me? And God is so good. He's He actually looks in, finds the gold in this earthen vessel, and he pulls it out, and he magnifies it. So, you know, he, he lifts up your... Um, your countenance. He lifts up your uh, self-esteem. And it's only in him. Now, this isn't prideful self-esteem. This isn't puffed upness. This is in him because I'm in Christ, because I am part of his. But we're going we're gonna to use our faith and we're going to war uh, against the doubt, the unbelief, uh, unbelief with the prophecies. Now, listen to this. Having faith and a good conscience. And this is why many suffer shipwrecked in their faith is because they don't have a good conscience. So let me explain that in a little bit as we go. But it says, which some have rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. What did they reject? They reject the prophecies and they reject that you have to do what is right. Let me let me explain this to you folks. What kind of, what kind of warfare could I wage if I gave in to temptations? There's, it's hard for me to wage a warfare properly if I am the one, listen, if I am self-inflicting myself, the enemy doesn't have to inflict me. And, and this is the thing that we sometimes, you know, today, many, look, especially the youth of today, the youth of today, 
uh, are sometimes are so misled in thinking it doesn't matter. Here's what doesn't matter. No matter what condition you're in right now, come to Jesus. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Come to Jesus. By the way, even if you're a Christian and you have sinned and you have you have um, done wrong, you know you've done. Whether it would be sexual, mental, uh, you lied to, whatever, whatever the sin may be, whatever the sin may be, the lie is you can't come to Jesus. No, the lie is run to Jesus. Run to Him. You will find mercy at the throne. You will find forgiveness at the throne. You will find cleansing at the throne. There's a difference been between I want to I want to explain this to you. The enemy does not convict your sin. The enemy denies your being. In other words, he denies who you are. He 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 his goal is to get you to doubt who you are in God. Okay? That's who he's, that's his goal. He doesn't convict you of sin. The, the devil doesn't come to you and go, uh, hey, you looked at pornography. You need to stop that. The devil doesn't do that. The devil would say something like this. See, you're not really a Christian. You're not really saved. You're, that's what the devil does. Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, not the devil. And so when you're feeling conviction for things you have done, that is not the devil. That is God, and it's a good thing. When you when the attack is on your personhood, that is the devil, and that's the difference. That's how you know the difference. The devil attacks who we are. The Holy Spirit convicts us for the things we have done. Okay? The devil doesn't care what you've done. The devil doesn't care. He wants you to doubt who you are. Matter of fact, he's behind a lot of the sin, right? Remember, God doesn't tempt. The devil tempts us. We're drawn out by the deceitfulness of our own hearts. And so it's really important for us to know that differences because I don't want you to suffer that shipwreck. Who wants to suffer shipwreck? I don't want to suffer shipwreck. Do you want? I don't want to. And many Christians do suffer shipwrecks because they don't understand the enemy's schemes, plans, and how he does it. Remember, the enemy attacks who you are. It attacks, look, today, male or female, under attack, under absolute assault. As if God doesn't know how he created you. God created us male and female. He created them. He did not create us gender fluid. He did not create us to choose our own gender. That's the devil. Everyone who purports that is working for the devil. You might be confused, and that's a real serious issue, that we need to find help, deliverance, wholeness, and and love in our confusion, in our problem. And God's there for you. He loves you. But I I can't agree with the enemy. I must only agree with God. And by the way, that's very easy for me to do. Uh, anyone knows my personality knows that's very easy for me to do. But we have to understand that what happens, what, what happens is the enemy comes to attack us in our being. Now, let's look at a um, another section of Scripture that I want us to look at, okay? And I want you... To hear this, and remember, he said sh- they're they're going shipwrecked because they don't have a good conscience. In other words, you know it's wrong. 
but you're either trying to convince yourself it's right, which is deceiving yourself, or you don't care. Now, listen to me. There is the person who sins and they know they've sinned and they're what they're actually declaring is God is right and truthful. And they, you know, come to God and go, man, I sinned and messed up. If you do that seven times a day, 70 times seven, Jesus will forgive you. Okay. You people go, no, well, they now you, he might not promote you to leadership. He might not promote you to be a worldwide known speaker. If you have these constant struggles, he wants to get that victory. And you go, why does he punish me? No, no. He's actually doesn't want to punish you. Um, God doesn't punish us. Okay. Um, if we, if we try to, um, go beyond what our character can carry in God, we're going to suffer real bad problems, okay? The pressure of success, the pressure of everyone thinking you, thinking of you in one way, when you are sitting there going, I'm no one like they are saying, you're going to have a breakdown, okay? So we don't want to, we don't want to have that, all right? And this is not about being famous. This is not about being, you know, worldly success. It's about being Christ-like. That's the goal, okay? The success thing is a different topic, prosperity and all that. It's a different topic. We want to become Christ-like. We want to be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Okay. We do not want to have a false persona we project to the people and not carry him with us in dignity and holiness. Okay. All right. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. And I want you to jump on this with me, if you could, in your Bibles and read along with me. This I say, therefore, I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. In other words, you know, your mind, your mind does matter. Your mind does matter. If you don't allow your mind to get renewed, your thoughts to be renewed, you're 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 going to plant the wrong seed in your heart. And you plant the wrong seed, you're going to get the wrong harvest. You get the wrong harvest, you get the wrong fruit, you get the wrong taste, you get the wrong outcome. You want to put good seed in, you want to put the things of God in your heart, and out of that, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. Okay, and so having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, having given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, of your mind, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Look, the, the problem some some people have is they come to Jesus and what for whatever reason, I've had many Christians, look, I've been in ministry for over 30 years. Yesterday, December 4th, which this is December 5th, December 4th, I, uh, I gave my life to the Lord 34 years ago. And um, to me, folks, to me, this... This book became so precious to me. It became life to me, food for me. 
it, it began to fill my mind. And when it did, when I would read stuff and I was contrary to the word, it broke my heart. It troubled me. And I would cry out to God and go, God, that's not in me. I'm not walking rightly. Please forgive me. Cleanse me and wash me from this thing and teach me how to walk in your ways. And this became the cry of my heart. Here's what I decided from the day, I, the moment I got saved. Pastor Russ Cochran, he was the assistant pastor at a church I went to. And he sat me down and he led me to Christ through the word. And he said to me, he said, son, he said, look at me. This is the word of God. It is truth. Absolutely. You need to read this every day and be in this every day. And you need to believe it to be true because it is. And I did. I, I, it's been, let's see, that was uh, 34 years ago yesterday. And it hasn't changed in me at all. God's word is truth. It's food for me. It's meat for me. It feeds my soul. It feeds my spirit. I'm so overwhelmed by the word of God. I'm so overwhelmed by his faithfulness that I first discovered in it, but then how he manifested it to me. God is true. And the truth is Jesus Christ. And I just so love this. So when I found stuff, look, I had no opinion about homosexuality. Otherwise, I didn't want to participate in it. I had no opinion about it. I had no opinion really about abortion when I got saved. I had no opinion about a lot of things when I got saved. You go, well, how come you got an opinion now? Because he had an opinion. And he shares those things with me and you in his word. He says, hey, these things I like. These things I do not like. Idolatry, pride, not good. A broken, contrite heart, a broken spirit before God. What is a broken spirit? It's not an unhealthy spirit. A broken spirit is a willing, teachable, submissive spirit. You know, when I was in the military and, you know, um, boy, that's been a long time ago. Let's see. Uh, huh. This year was 40 years ago that I went into the military. And it was December. It was March 11th, 1983. And I had to get up very early in Connecticut, like five o'clock in the morning. My recruiter came and picked me up. My mom made us breakfast and he took me to uh, Hartford. I think it was somewhere. And and they sat there and they, they, you get a physical, I was already in for 11 months. I was in what's called, or 10 months. I was called, uh, you know, non-active enlistment. So I enlisted in May the previous year and that counts for your six year hook. I had to do five years active and did it to the day. And, um, I remember, I remember going and man, I was like nervous. I was only 17 by the way. And, and I, I remember that so well, you know, and you know what they did? Like I, I had to fly to San Diego. We get there. Uh, we don't leave Connecticut until uh, it's about six, seven o'clock at night. So we get there like 930, 10 o'clock at night, something like that. And we get on base and it's two o'clock in the morning, San Diego time. We get to go to bed. Well, that is actually 24 hours I've been awake. And it's a Friday, so uh, my first day there was Saturday, which means if you get there on a Saturday, it means you're in your civilian your civilian clothes until Monday because they don't do the uniforms or the barb or anything until Monday. So all those guys are off during the weekend, and you're there. 
And of course, your company commander meets you and there's, a, you know, there's these recruits and, you know, these sailors and they just start yelling at you. You know, everything is, yes, sir, yes, sir, you know, and they woke us up at 430 in the morning, two and a half hours later with garbage cans. What are they doing? What is what is the thing that they're trying to do in the military? Break you. Why? Because they want you to learn the military way. They want you to learn the way that makes a, a, a group of people work together. Now, you might be against it. Military might not be for you. They do the same thing in, in universities, by the way. They don't, they don't, you know, if you write on a topic they don't approve of. They don't care if you wrote well. They don't care if you made a good argument. They might fail you because we don't believe in that view. Okay? And they break you. And a lot of people get broken, even in universities, to comply with the societies trying to do that. The, the, the social media tries to do that, to try to break you so you don't can't have independent thought. Independent ways of doing things in the military is not good because um, you, have, you, you would just have too much. You can't have everyone can't be in charge. Okay. Um, it's the same thing in production. Like if you're going to produce the iPhone, you don't have everyone having independent thought in the iPhone. They don't go, you know, I really think I'll put this here. Everything's got to be according to a certain culture. All right. That's not evil. It's just what you have to do with the masses. Okay. What God wants us to do is to be into when we come to him, we should be broken in coming to him. We should be broken. We should be realizing your Lord. I'm not your ways above my ways. I have failed you. I've been doing evil. I've been sinning. And we come to Jesus. And but from that moment, from that moment, he wants to begin to teach us his ways. It's not from the moment. It's not before you come to him. He wants to teach you his ways. He wants you to come to him. And then it's like I went to boot camp. You know, they didn't tell me any of this stuff in, in <laughs> when I was a listing. They didn't tell me, oh, yeah, they're going to break you down. They're going to scream at you, yell at you, bang the garbage cans. You know, they're going to try to break you. And, and I was what was called the assistant master at arms. There was like five positions that you got in, in your company, about 90-something people in our company. I was chosen to be an assistant master at arms. And I was chosen. I was The military picked me to be to learn leadership. Like I was always put into leadership roles. And, and I don't know where that came from, folks, except for God. And I, the reason I say that is because I don't remember ever being a leader up to this point. But now I'm a leader. Now, now listen, now I got to do inspections. And the inspections start out with by other company commanders, friends of our company commander. And he comes in yelling at you. And what is his goal? His goal is to see if he can break you, to see if, uh, you know, to to test you. And, he, and they would test us. And it was brutal. But my company commander would go, hey, man, you did good. And, you know, so-and-so said you did really good. And... God, God sits there and, and he is, he does test us by the way, but I want you to understand that God has a way. He has a way of doing things that might not look like your way. And as long as you keep fighting God, you're going to, you're not gonna have a good conscience and you're not going to have the success you want. Now I'm not talking about being uniformed and like being a robot. It's not about being a robot. You got to have wisdom. And where wisdom comes is, is learning how to apply the principles of God in the moment, right? Because you can have the principles, but there could be a couple contradicting principles in there. Like the Bible talks about don't rebuke a, a, a rebellious person. The next verse says rebuke a rebellious person. That's kind of odd because different situations take different wisdom to 
do it. All right. So, but the uncleanness of their mind. And so what happens is you start, by the way, if you keep reading this, and we'll, let's do it. Therefore, putting away lying, well, that would be good. Wouldn't it be good if politics, you couldn't lie? Either side. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, if there's a problem, resolve it. Don't put it off. Nor give place to the devil. How do we give place to the devil? Mm. Letting the sun go down on our anger. Not willing to speak the truth, being frustrated to the point that you won't speak the truth, and you're making room for the devil. Why? Because he'll he'll learn how to fester those things with you. He'll learn how to stir those things up. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. In other words, um, no worky. Paul says in another place, if he shall not work, he shall not eat. In other words, no worky, no eating. Look, the reason why you need to work. You might not, listen, you might not be able to make enough. I think the welfare system's wrong. I'm going to explain why. I don't mind the welfare system to help people, to help people uh, with their jobs. Let's say you, you go to work and you're not making enough. You make $12 an hour and you have two kids. That's not going to provide for your family. I don't mind supplementing that. What I do mind is people sitting home and just getting free checks because that's going to breed sitting home. I mean, I forget what girl, some girl on some talk show, they asked a 12 year old girl, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she says, a baby mama. He said, what? He said, I want to have babies and have, you know, babies. So the government will pay for me. She was 12. It's stunning because she was being raised to think that her job was just to live off of welfare. There's nothing more bankrupt than that in life. All right. So uh, this says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to yours. Look, that doesn't mean, that's not praise, edification. It's, it's the right word at the right time. Sometimes it's to say, hey, that's wrong. And it's crushing you. And if you'll do this, it'll, it'll deliver you from this thing. Sometimes you have to say what you're doing. It's not, this isn't what Paul's saying is just approve. Edification is not approve of everything it does. This takes wisdom, by the way. It doesn't mean going around and correcting everybody. It says what is necessary for edification. What is necessary so that person is edified in God. Okay? And it's to build them up. I always say, remember the hero sandwich. Hey, let me tell you, Steve, like you're doing a great job. If you're an employer, Steve, you're doing a great job. You know, I see that, you, you know, you come here early, you do this, this. But Steve, this one area, really, I need you to fix this area right here. Because, man, I have great I have great plans for you. I hope you're going to be with this company for a long time. If you can just fix this. That's a, I, I look, I could just go in, hey, Steve, fix this problem, right? I won't get the same results. I might get Steve fixing the problem, but will I build up Steve? Will I help Steve in the long run? Probably not. He'll probably start looking for another job. All right. And so that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me explain something to you. Um, some, if you've come to Christ sincerely, you're sealed. All right, just remember that. Let all bitterness, bitterness, 
wrath, anger, clamor, um, evil speak and be put away from you with all malice. Now, let's let's go through some of this. Bitterness is like a poison. Uh, wrath is an angry heart. It's like heavy breathing, anger, violent. Uh, uh, the, 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 the anger is violent. Clamor is out of um, uh, outcry. Evil speaking, again, is like abusive speech. I hear people say this stuff. They'll, they're mad at God. God. God doesn't love me. God doesn't. That's evil speaking. God does love you. Now, it comes, it comes from a wounded soul. It comes from disappointment. But if you'll acknowledge that and go, God, heal me, he'll heal you. A bruised reed he won't despise. Okay? And so a lot of people will not be honest with God that, hey, I really thought this was going to happen and it didn't. But I trust you. And forgive me for my anger. Forgive me for doubting you. Forgive me for my unbelief. And that leads to your, your mind. Your mind. Listen to me. What you put in this thing matters. What you put in your mind matters. If it didn't, listen, let me explain something to you. If the world didn't know that, they would not try to teach five-year-olds sexual perversion. They would not try to teach them that. They would not teach them that at all. They would not try to teach five-year-olds. You might think, well, they don't, they, they said it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. And that's why it matters. All right. So what do we want to do, man? We want to we want to not suffer shipwreck with our faith. Believe the word. Believe the prophecies spoken over you. And form speech. Form your speech around that. Around the words. Hey, Lord, you called me to be this. Hey, Lord, I remember the vision you gave me for a business. And I'm going to pursue that. And I'm, I'm asking your grace to be with me, your wisdom to be with me. Help me do, help me fulfill what you showed me in that vision, in that word, in that, you know, I might've been, you might've been reading the word and it just came up to you. You know how it comes off the page. You're like, oh, that really speaks. And then you go, Lord, remember when you spoke? To, I always like writing in the Bible, that encounter, like, hey, here's where the Lord met me. Man, I was reading the word today. And this really spoke to me. Maybe it'll help you too. And, and that's what transpires in that. Okay. And we want to be able to do that. We want to be able to have that flow together. But your mind, you don't want to be suffer shipwrecked here by trying to act one way, but your mind being corrupted, your mind not being renewed by the word of God's, you know, uh, Romans 12 too, that your mind be renewed and transformed. We need to do that. Okay. We need to think, we know we need to think big like God. We need to think great like God, and we need to trust like God. We need to have the faith of God, knowing that God is able to do abundantly above all that we could ask or think of him. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Okay, John, First uh, John 4, uh, 5, 14 and 15. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. If he hears us, we know we have the things we have asked of him. Amen. Amen. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing of the word of God. It's a continuous hearing. It's a continuous hearing. Okay, it's a continuous hearing, right? God, give me a hearing heart. God, give me a give me a heart that understands. One of the translations for that, it's in um, First Kings chapter three, which uh, with uh, I think it's verse nine. 
I think, 1 Kings 3, 9. It's with Samuel. His encounter with God, he says, give me an understanding heart. That word understanding means give me a heart that hears you. Give me a heart that is so sensitive it hears your voice so I can understand, so I can perceive, so I can move with you and walk with you. Amen. Jeremiah 24, 7, Lord, give me a heart after thee. I, I love praying this over myself. Lord, thank you for giving me a heart after you. I want a heart after you, Lord. I want to come and chase you down. Amen, 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 Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. I love you. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, a wonderful uh, Christmas season. I'll be making videos. Hey, please like, subscribe, follow, share. It would really help out the algorithms wherever you see this. I'd really appreciate it. Help us grow the channel. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.